Whether you're stuck in a rut, grinding all day, or just ready for a change, checking in with ourselves is a necessity. This is Goldmine Talks Podcast, where I'm your host, Miranda Rodriguez, and I'm here to help you dispel myths about mental health, give you tips on improving and maintaining your peace of mind, and give you some free game on personal development. This podcast is in no way a substitute for professional mental health treatment. Hey guys, welcome back to another week with Goldmine Talks. I'm so glad you guys are listening because this week we have a really great episode. Now, as a therapist, this is something that is at this point kind of second nature to me. Maybe not so much in my personal life, still a work in progress, but as a clinician, when I'm in school, um, you know, something that I've learned a lot and something that I practice constantly in session is an underrated skill called active listening. We'll get into a little bit more what active listening exactly is. I know it sounds super boring, but as human beings, it's such an underrated skill because it's something that we have to do all the time because we're always communicating. Think about it. We call people, we text, we post, we have conversations. We're in meetings, whether they're in person or on Zoom. We are constantly communicating. And when we're communicating, we have to be participating in a conversation. Participating in a conversation doesn't mean you're just talking or you're just listening. It goes a little bit deeper. And so that's what we'll be talking about today. All right, so what is active listening? Active listening is an active process rather than a passive one. Sometimes when we're in conversation, we're just kind of letting people talk and then waiting to respond. And I know a lot of people can relate to feeling this way when we're having heated discussions or arguments, disagreements or debates. Sometimes it might feel like as soon as you get that last word off the tip of your tongue, the person you're talking with is already responding. They've been waiting just waiting for you to shut up so that they can say their piece. Uh, And so active listening really means that you're participating in the conversation um, and not just observing or kind of waiting for your turn. When you are listening actively, you're practicing a certain skill set. And this is to show the person that you are engaged you care about what is being said, you're hearing, not just listening, but you're also hearing and taking in what's being said. Um, And you're trying to actually understand what's going on. So what I'm going to do today is give you guys three tips on how you can be a better active listener and sharpen this skill set, maybe even add it to your resume. Who knows? It's a really great skill. Therapists, we have to really hone in on this one because it's a, a huge part of the work that we do. And it's actually like kind of funny to me because I've had clients in session thank me for, <laughs> for using this skill. But sometimes we don't realize how important it is for us to just have people who will listen to us and show us that they care about what's being said without interrupting us, without giving us unsolicited advice, without judging us or bringing up our past. So I'm not just saying it's an underrated skill because I'm a therapist and I'm biased when I say that. Um, It really does change the dynamic of our relationships, our work relationships, and the way that we engage other people in our lives. So let's start off with 
tip number one. So the first tip I have for you when you are practicing your active listening is to make sure that your attention is focused. Now, I know there are a lot of people who are glued to their phones, are super busy, maybe struggle with anxiety and have a hard time making eye contact. However, it's very important for relationship building and communication that when we are having discussions and having conversations, we really show people that we are engaged in the conversation. Body language, which I'll get into in another uh, tip, is a huge part of showing that our attention is focused. So some ways that we can do this is by putting away distractions. If you're spending some quality time with someone that you love, having a conversation about something that's important, or just you know really trying to be present with them, something that you can do is pause the TV, put your phone away, um, or even just kind of give them body language that shows that you are engaged in what they're listening. So aside from putting away distractions and giving them our undivided attention, there are two forms of communication that'll show that we're actually listening. Verbal communication. So obviously if we're having a conversation, we don't just wanna be listening, 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 or just talking, talking, talking. There is also verbal and nonverbal communication. So some ways to show that you're listening would be to just kind of reassure the person that you're still engaged in the conversation. And you can do this by just some verbal cues like, mm-hmm, oh, wow. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Oh, I understand what you're saying. I've been there too. See those small little just slight interjections, but you're not rudely interrupting them and taking over the conversation. They're small little tidbits that are verbal, vocal, things that you say out loud that just kind of reassure and help the conversation progress along. Some nonverbal ways that you can communicate that you're still listening would be, you know, maintaining eye contact. Obviously, don't be a creep and just like not even blink, just stare at them. Um, but some nonverbal cues would be nodding in agreement or um, some people like to speak with their hands. Um, so, you know, just kind of mirroring those motions that they're doing like, wow, I, I just realized you guys can't see what I did. Um, I threw my hands in the air. <laughs> But nodding in agreement, watching, this one is a big one for me because I speak with my face. So, you know, making sure your uh, facial reactions, your expressions are appropriate to the content that's being spoken about. You know, if they're talking about something really sad, you don't want to be smiling because it's going to be like, well, you must be in la la land. You must be thinking about something else. Um, and again, making sure that your eye contact is not super creepy, but that it is appropriate. So those are my uh, giveaways, my tips for showing that you're listening, remaining engaged in the conversation. The next tip, this one is going to challenge some of you. Encourage the person that you are communicating with to share more. Now this goes back to what I was saying earlier. Some of us when we engage in conversations, we are simply listening to respond. We are waiting to retaliate. We are waiting to talk about our experience. We are waiting to say me, 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 me. 
This is what I did. This is how I feel. This is what I experienced. Me, me, me. So when you're practicing not being so me, 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 encourage a person to continue sharing. And the way that you can do this is to use open-ended questions. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Uh, well, it's going to feel like an interview. Well, surprise. No, it's not. But is it such a bad thing that you're using interview-style questions? Because think about it. An interview, the purpose of an interview is to get to know a candidate more. Learn about their values. Learn about their skills and you know what they would bring to the table. So when you're in conversation with a friend, a loved one, uh, a coworker, you're just trying to get to know them more. You're just trying to get to know about the experience that they're trying to share with you instead of saying, yeah, that's cool. Cool story, bro. Nice. Wow. Those are not open-ended. Those don't make people feel like you want them to continue talking or like you want to get to know them more. So open-ended questions are those questions that would encourage an answer other than yes or no. So some of these would look like questions that start with how or what. So if someone says, yeah, man, I climbed Mount Everest the other day. What was that like? See how that would be a lot different than, wow, that's crazy. First of all, we all know that when someone says, wow, that's crazy, we, we know we want them to shut up. <laughs> but, you know, if someone says, well, yeah, I did this and this and that, and you say, well, what was that like for you? Or what was that like? Well, they get to talk about their experience now. Oh, it was really challenging. I worked my ass off. I had to train for months. Wow, really? Tell me about your training. Now, that is a little uh, a therapeutic skill I threw in there. Um, and it's called a um, minimal encourager. Tell me about this. Tell me about that. And that's another way to continue the conversation without asking a question, making it feel like an interview. But what I'm trying to get, get at here is, can you tell me more about this? What are your thoughts on that? Well, what do you like about that? And how did you feel? How do you do X, Y, Z? Those are some open-ended questions that will really push the conversation to move forward and allow the person to continue sharing some of their experiences, emotions, or thoughts about the conversation. Another trick that you can do to encourage a person to share is to summarize. This is another skill that we learn as therapists. So in your own words, you basically want to take the key points, the main important things that the person just communicated to you and repeat it back to them. So you want to use the emotional content. You want to uh, really encapture what they were feeling. So an example would be if someone's like, yeah, I'm having a really hard time at work. My supervisor is this and this and that. And, you know, my coworkers all ganged up on me and they just keep piling work my way. And I just, I don't know if I can do it anymore. So as a listener, I would say, wow, sounds like you have a lot going on at work. That sounds really stressful. So you see how you kind of emphasize or just let them know that not only are you hearing the words that they're saying, but you're reading between the lines. What they're telling you is that their work environment is really stressful right now. So using those reflections and summarizing what they're telling you is another great way to show people that you're actually listening. You're not just waiting for them to finish speaking so that you can respond. My third tip here, it's a little tricky, but it's not hard. When we are communicating with someone and using active listening skills, 
we want to listen with an open mind. There's no way in hell we are going to agree with every single thing that every single person tells us. It's just not going to happen. So when we are using our active listening skills, whether it's at work or at home, in a relationship or with family, try to understand what the speaker is communicating to you without disagreeing. Just listen. Don't try to form an opinion on what they're saying. Don't try to judge them for their point of view. Just listen to them so that you can fully understand their perspective. And if you're still having a hard time understanding their perspective, that's a wonderful opportunity for you to use those open-ended questions so that you can get a clearer understanding. So I just said understanding a lot of times. Um, But yes, if you're still like, wow, I, I can't figure out what makes this person think that way, or why is this their point of view? You can ask them, how do you feel when this happens? What is it like to X, Y, Z? Keep asking those open-ended questions to encourage the conversation to keep going. Be present when you're having conversations. Um, And you can do this, of course, I think by showing you're listening with those nonverbal and verbal cues, those reflections and summaries, and major key, guys, watching your tone. Be present. If someone says something and you are like 10 decibels louder, it's like, whoa, you are emotional. Oops, sorry, Mike. You are reacting emotionally to something I said, which means you are probably basing what you're saying off of something that's already happened, either a trauma response or a reaction to something I said or something that's happened in the past. So watch your tone. You want to watch what you're saying, not what you're saying, but how you're saying it. I, when I do my groups with the kids all the time and we talk about communication and conflict resolution, this is a major key. And the kids, of course, agree with this because when they have conflict with their parents, they always feel like their parents talk to them disrespectfully or rudely in a negative tone. And I would say even in friendships and relationships, even at work, this, this can be applicable everywhere. It's not what you say. It is how you say it. There's a difference between me saying thank you and thank you or why did you do that versus why did you do that? See, I even put my fist down. (laughs) So your tone affects so many different things. It's going to affect the other person's emotions. It's going to affect your physiological response. It's going to affect your physical response. Like I just literally pounded my fist down when I did that. And of course, it's going to change the direction of the conversation. So your tone can affect the way the other person is engaging in conversation. If they start to feel threatened because your tone is getting higher, they might shut down and just walk away. They might shut down emotionally and no longer be able to participate in the conversation. So your tone is very important when you're trying to be an active listener or trying to have a healthy communication or practice healthy conflict resolution. Body language is another one. Like I said, I'm super guilty of wearing my emotions on my face. Literally every single year when I get my um, employee performance review, whatever that thing is called, among other things like being tardy, um, one of the biggest things that I get back in my feedback 
feedback section is that I wear everything on my face. If I'm not happy, you see it on my face. If I don't like what you said, you see it on my face. Now, of course, I'm very cognizant of this in, in session. So when my clients are telling me something that's going on in their lives, I'm, you know, I only see my clients one hour every other week or so. So I'm not there to be judged. I'm I know how to be a therapist, but in my current role as a case manager elsewhere, that is always my feedback. My face speaks for me and it speaks before I do. And that just goes back to body language. So not only our facial reactions, but you also want to be aware of your um, movement. What is your body language communicating? If your arms are crossed and your neck is like, Cock to the side, your head is all slanted, and you got your hand on your hip. Like, what are you? What is that body language really saying? It's not very open. It's a little uh, attitude-y, maybe a little aggressive. Uh, probably looks like you're on the defensive, right? Versus having your arms to your side or in front of you, not having your fists clenched up in a ball. Um, you know. You want to have open body language, not be closed off, not be tucked away in a corner, um, head down, all shameful. You want to be confident in your body language. You want to be open so that the other person feels safe to communicate with you. Very important. So focus your attention on listening. Put away distractions. And be aware of your verbal and nonverbal communication. You also want to make sure that you are listening to understand what's happening and not to respond and get ready for what you want to say next. And you can do that by engaging the conversation and encouraging the the speaker to share a little bit more. And you can do that by using those open-ended questions. And these are questions that are going to give answers other than yes or no. So... How did you feel about, what do you like about this? What are your thoughts on? What is it like to? How do you, okay, those awkward silences were for you to fill in the blanks, but those are some examples of open-ended questions that are going to encourage the speaker to continue the conversation. And it's an opportunity for you to get to know where, get to see where their mind is at, get to know about some of their values and their feelings on certain situations or whatever it is that they're talking about. You can also practice summarizing the speaker's most important points. And we want to make sure that when we're summarizing, we're really capturing the emotional parts of whatever it is that they're sharing with us. So if they're telling us that they're having a hard time at work and everyone's ganging up on them, we say, wow, sounds like there's a lot going on at work. And that sounds pretty stressful. So, you know, it's, you want to make sure you're also not just hearing what they're saying, but reading between the lines. What is it that they're trying to communicate to you? And we also want to be aware of our body language. Be present and in the moment. And that also means that not only are we listening and thinking about how we can be active in our conversation, but we also want to be paying attention, be mindful of our body language, the tone that we're using when we respond. Be careful of your face if you're someone like me. And um, yeah, just listen to the person with an open mind. Don't go into the conversation ready to judge, especially if maybe right off the bat they say something that's wild and outlandish. Give them a chance to say their piece and 
explain their perspective. And even if you still don't understand their perspective, like I said, it's a great opportunity for you to use those open-ended questions. Of course, you don't have to agree with everything they're saying. But the whole part of active listening is listening without judgment. Trying to gain a full understanding. Now, you know, we're human beings and we do judge at the end of the day. But if you're trying to work on active listening so that people can feel safe talking to you, so that you can have healthy conflict resolution, it's best to go in with an open mind and leave judgments outside of the conversation, however much as possible. I know it's not always easy, right? Sometimes that not judging anybody or anything is easier said than done. But when you're having a conversation, if you start judging the person in the middle of what they're saying, they're not going to really feel uh, compelled to continue sharing with you. So those are my tips. I said I was going to give you three, but I feel like I gave you 500. But nonetheless, I hope you guys have found these tips on how to be an active listener really helpful. Um, You know, when I do groups with the kids, I really try to just hammer this lesson in because it's, like I said, it's really underrated. And and it's not something that we're like inherently or innately born with. Um, it's not really something that's taught in school necessarily. It is a skill, like I said. And we all know that when you have a skill, you have to work on it. You have to build it. You have to sharpen it, refine it, get better. You're not going to be great right off the bat. But as we get older, as we learn, we have more experiences, we can improve, right? And so, again, I would just give yourself some grace. Not all of us, myself included, not all of us are amazing active listeners. The the, the listener that I am when I'm a therapist is a different listener off the clock. Um, So I myself struggle with active listening sometimes, and I have to remind myself of this lesson, give myself some grace, and just try again. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you found this helpful. And if you did, tell me which part you struggled with the most. And of course, tell me which tips helped you be a better active listener. Again, thank you guys for listening and hanging in there, even when I abandon you like I have the last few weeks, but it's because school is at its end and I'm almost done and I'm very tired. But thank you guys for listening. Make sure you leave us a five-star review and hit subscribe so you can get notifications for our next episodes. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Goldmine Talks. If you'd like more information or want to continue the conversation, follow us on Instagram at goldmindwellness or check out our website, goldmindwellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Have a great week and we'll see you next episode.